Hello, hello, good morning, good morning. This is Emma. You're listening to the Sad Girls Podcast. Since my two co-hosts are still out of town, we're going to be doing another special episode featuring the Skeletons in the Closet podcast. And before we get started, just a friendly reminder that Britney Spears is speaking out in court tomorrow, June 23rd. So can't wait for that. And let's get started. Hi, I'm Christy Richter. And I'm Samantha Rui. And we are the co-hosts of the Skeletons in the Closet podcast, a podcast that focuses on mental health and breaking the stigma um, surrounding kind of mental health, mental illness, mental wellness, and everything that that encompasses. Um, I'm here today because I went to high school with the three hosts and then um samantha actually went to a sister catholic school mount notre dame so she kind of has a different perspective she can bring to the table but we're a couple years older so i think it'll be kind of interesting to see if our experiences are like the same or a little different i'm very curious but yeah thank you for having us on guys yeah thank you thank you for coming and i definitely thought you said uh i went to high school with the three hoes not hoes (laughs) (laughs) these hoes and i was like all right cool (laughs) okay so did you guys go to catholic grade school yeah i did where'd you go I went to St. Susanna and Mother Teresa. I started at Mother Teresa, and then I ended up at St. Susanna. Oh, okay, okay. And I went to Sycamore, so I was like a public school kid and was like kind of normal before uh, going to Ursuline. (laughs) So were you both raised Catholic or Or not at all? (laughs) So I had a crazy step-parent, and I was not Catholic. And when she married my dad, she like – essentially made us convert so as like a second grader I like because we were like Christian like I believed in like God and stuff but like being a general Christian and going to a mega church is so different than being raised Catholic Mm -hmm. Um, so she kind of took over and like parented us because we talk about this in my podcast so I'm comfortable saying it but my mom went to jail when I was really little so this woman like took over and like made us Catholic (laughs) kind of wild (laughs) so i went from like being like jesus loves everyone to being like i should feel guilty about everything and this is religion as i know it now so yeah unique perspective samantha were you raised catholic Uh, like i don't yes and no i don't my parents stopped taking us to church like pretty early on like i don't think they and we never go to church anymore i know my grandparents did and that was like their thing but yeah, no, I mean, I still have Catholic guilt though. And I think because my parents have Catholic guilt because they were raised Catholic and they went to Catholic schools, but no, like we weren't, you know, we're waking up and we're going to mass every Sunday and like, we need to read the Bible and all that shit. No, we didn't really do that. My stepmom told me as like a nine-year-old that I had to fast three days a week or I wouldn't get into heaven. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I did shit like Lent. Like I gave something up for Lent. <laughs> that, that, yeah. I think my whole family did. I can't believe she told you that. Just haven't heard that term Catholic guilt in a while. And that is so true. Like I haven't even thought about that. I still have it. Oh, badly. Yeah. When I was like little, like when we would get in trouble, like pretty big trouble, my stepmom had the number for like this, the like priest for our church. And he would like meet us at church and we would have to (gasps) private confessions. Yeah. Absolutely not. Why is that his business? 
Because she was nuts. Like, it was, like, the whole situation. You know when you're going through it, you're like, oh, this is weird. But as an adult, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so I feel like I come from, like, a really weird perspective on Catholicism. Like, for me, it was much more coercive and, like, odd than anything. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. Maybe that'll be (laughs) interesting for your listeners. But it was a bizarre way to grow up. I don't like that at all. Did you actually fast three days a week? No, I tried it. and Skinny. (laughs) Skinny. No, like we tried it for a little bit. She was on a big Mary kick for a while. I don't know why. And I was so young. I would like, you know, I was growing and I kept feeling like I was going to pass out. Oh my God. The fact that she tried to implement that on a child is like so bizarre. You know, it's a lot. That's that's like asking for an eating disorder. Right? Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. The whole thing was insanely bizarre, but um, luckily they got divorced and I am no longer, I don't identify as Catholic. I don't either. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Look look at us. I'm glad that our parents paid money for us to go to Catholic schools. Right? They dropped a lot of money. I know. I know. If I ever have kids, I would not. No. I don't know. The whole thing, like, again, the more you look at it from an adult perspective, it's like, what the fuck were they even, like, thinking? Yeah. I think it's so ingrained, especially in, like, Cincinnati, growing up in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's just, like, what people do. Mm-hmm. Because my parents did it. My I don't. I think my grandparents did it. It's just, it's like, a thing. Right. Right. So. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's exactly how my family was, too. Like, we didn't even have that much money, but they – put it towards Catholic school because yeah. that's what they wanted. So, right. so we're oh, part yeah. of a cult. We're a part yeah. of a cult. You know, we got out of a cult. We did. We got out of a cult. <laughs> it, I literally call religion a cult. Like I respect it. Religion. Is. I respect religion unless yeah. you're like, you shame someone else, like for something that really isn't any of your business. Like I honestly mm-hmm. like, like, if you, like, think gay, gay marriage is wrong, like, you know what? Fine. Like, that's your own belief. But, like, I think it's really weird to, like, go out of your way mm-hmm. and, like, force your beliefs on others and, like, actively hate on someone. Right. You know? Like, you can't change everyone's mind about what they believe. Like, whether, like, I think that's wrong, but it's, like, I'm not going to change everyone's mind. But, like, right. it's what? weird that you are so actively hateful against people whose lives don't affect you. It's I agree. Funny. So our friend Anna, she's the best. Shout out Anna. But she made a really good point one time. She was talking to her dad about it. And her dad was like, people who think like two men having sex is so wrong are talking about, you know, gay sex and gay men and gay marriage way, way more than anybody else. Why are you yes. talking about it so much? Mm-hmm. Like what, why does it affect you? Exactly. Like, if you hate it so much, then, like, I don't know. Then like, don't do it. Don't take, don't marry a man. If you, yeah, don't dwell on it. Like, get a different hobby. <laughs> and that's the first thing their mind jumps to, right? Is the sexual act. But I think part of it comes from, and like, just to tie it back a little, like, I think when you are raised with such guilt from religion, you're taught to condemn a little bit because, like, you feel like you're always trying to, like, do what you perceive as the right thing. So when other people don't, I feel like you feel entitled to punish them. Yeah. Yep. Which is kind of fucked. Yeah. 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 yeah, It is. 
what we talked about was like how so like I would hang out with the neighbors, the girls in my neighborhood growing up and they all went to public school. And, you know, mm-hmm. like when they got to high school, you know, like they hang out with boys and they drink and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm taught that all that is so wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm like thinking my friends are going to hell, but like they're good people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Judging the people I love and care about. And it's like looking back as an adult, like they listened to the podcast and they were laughing about it. And it's like. <laughs> It's just like, it's so teaching people. That's not like being a good Christian. Like you're just teaching no. hate. Jesus yeah. loves everybody. But okay, I'll do you one better. This is another like fucked up little Catholic story. <laughs> so I had a little like, not boyfriend, but like little crush in like sixth and seventh grade. And he lived on our street and he went to Sycamore. And we used to like walk my dog together around the neighborhood, like very, very innocent, right? And I was going to walk my dog with him one day and my stepmom was like, well, make sure you're, make sure you're not like, you know, he's going to hell. So don't fall in love. Cause he's Jewish. <gasps> yeah. And so oh I walk outside and I'm like, Oh my God, is he? And it just like, really like at a young age, put everything into like this weird perspective. Like if you genuinely think that you're probably looking down on people that you think, yeah. well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's giving people, like you said, like a sense of entitlement to like judge others. And it's like they were raised that way. And it's hard to like break out of that. Yeah. How do you deprogram something so deeply ingrained? Yep. And I think like what we were going to talk about is like the internalized misogyny. And I feel like I judged other women constantly. Oh my God. I hate thinking about it, but like my latest high school years, the girls in my grade who had had sex, we knew, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Knew. And it was like, oh, my God, she'll never get married now. She's, like, yep. damaged goods. And I hate that I thought like that, but guess who taught me that? The Our schools, the right. sex ed people. It's disgusting. Yeah. It When you – this is kind of different, but, like, I remember freshman year, like, all the upperclassmen wanted to know who in our grade had had sex and, like, done stuff with guys. Was that, like, why? Why? (laughs) I don't know. I think it was a lot on the, like, sports teams, but, like, also, like, girls who weren't, it would happen. Like, Jill was talking about this one girl who um, was, like, grilling her about, she wanted to know everyone who had had sex and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's really weird. (laughs) But I feel, I feel, like, too, odd behavior like that, that comes from, like, sexual like odd behavior regarding sexuality i think comes from a repressed sexuality yes. at a young age yeah agreed like, like when you're just told it's so bad and so wrong all the time you're probably fucking weird about it you know mm-hmm. no that's so true i there was a girl who had like freshman year so i was super innocent and she yeah, had same. had sex already and she told me that and i like went home and like had to think if I wanted to be friends with someone like that. I would have done the same thing. (laughs) Like, oh, yikes. And I would have been emotional about it. It's not like it would have been a fleeting thought. Like, I would have, like, really, really reconsidered. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, like, was she too young to have sex? Like, yeah, I personally think, like, if you can't drive to get a condom, (laughs) you shouldn't be having sex. For sure. For sure. But, like, also... It's not, like, anyone's business, really, like, unless you're coming from, like, a place of, like, concern. But still, like, just having that judgment. Yeah. And the fact that, like, like, kind of like you just said, like, should I be friends with someone like that? That kind of insinuates you were, like, associating other negative things with her because Mm -hmm. she had sex, which I think goes back to the internalized misogyny. Like, I thought 
you were less valuable as a person based on your sexual history. That is so weird. Yeah, it's very fucked up. I don't know if I would have been like, should I be friends with her? But I definitely would have been like, oh, wow. And like went home and told my mom, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. I'm pretty – I don't really judge anyone, which can be a fault. But I definitely would have been like, oh, my God, like shocked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I judge people. Like I'll fully admit it. I was a little bitch. I was like an elitist little prick because all the Catholic stuff went to my head and like going to Ohio state and kind of like relearning everything and getting out of that toxic environment with my family and all of that, like really made me realize what a judgmental bitch I was. So I'm happy to say I'm reformed, but it's also like insane that being in that environment can like, like weld your brain like that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I probably did judge people to a degree because I used to care so much about like my number of people that I've had sex with. Like mm-hmm. I never wanted it to get too high. And if like I heard someone's number was like, I, I would be like, Oh my God, like how do you Ew. live with that? Yeah. It's disgusting. Ew. And like, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy how much my perspective has changed on that in the last like five years. Mm hmm so then on the topic of internalized misogyny so lately like the thought that i've been thinking about it's like why in the church is it all men in charge like yes who put them there and why so this is kind of funny so i used to have a cousin that was a priest okay? okay and he was a little strange. He was on the step family side, but we were like kind of close. And I asked him that one day because I was like, why, like, why, if God loves everybody the same, why can't women be priests? And he said that in the Bible, like, it's written that only men are. And that is like, like, we keep it that way because it's the most pure form of like the message we have from God, which is like so funny because there's so many things in the Bible that are like mistranslated or like right. taken out of context or whatever. So I think we all know the short answer is because religion is used to control women. Yeah. (laughs) But he gave me this long-winded speech, and I was like, you know what? Whatever. That is disgusting. But also, like, I mean, we don't have to get, like, too deep into, like, our beliefs, but it's just, like, you know, sometimes I'm like, is the Bible even, like, it's probably, like, it could be a bunch of bullshit. Men that wrote, like you said, to just control women. Yeah. And so it's like, why are we following all these rules? And it's like, why do I have to go to a priest and confess my sins? Like some man who knows nothing about me. And like, there's a priest in the news right now. You guys might have heard about him. Who's, you know, who was um, on trial for molesting young boys. And he did confession at Ursuline. Like, oh, you- Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my I forget God. his name, but. I told him my sins and God, someone like that, you know, could forgive me. Thank the Lord. Right? Like, why is that? It's just, I always just felt like, even the only things I'd confess in confession were, like, talking back to my parents. And it was like, that. <laughs> it was, like shame me so much. And he was molesting little boys. Right? And it's such a problem in the Catholic Church, but I feel like it's so hush-hush. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. There's, so. like, like, a lot of stuff that just, like, keeps coming to light. And it's so funny because, like, I'll see... Samantha, you know exactly who I'm talking about. There's a girl 
but her social media will be yeah today is such a hard day to be a catholic and then i unfollowed her shit yeah it'll be like proud to be a catholic republican woman and it'll be her holding like a gun in her pants like it's so bizarre oh my gosh yeah Yeah, dude i don't know she i get so much i get a kick out of her social media i think it's so funny and she's very like anti-abortion and all that bullshit yeah I don't know. Which another thing, this is kind of off topic, but I remember girls would like put on, they would walk around with like ribbons. I don't, I forget the color, but it was like for the silence of the unborn or like the, the killed, like unborn. And I remember even when I was in high school, cause I never got on that like anti-abortion train. I was like, what? Like, this is weird. And they like, wouldn't talk for a full day. What? To like mourn, yeah, to mourn the babies who were killed by abortion. Okay. I don't even think it's killing, but yeah. I feel like I need to confess this. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) I'm not mad. Okay. So I was again, raised in like an insanely Catholic household, right? Yeah. So I used to like, do like marches and shit for like that yeah i mean it was like a very heavily oh the story gets worse it was like a social thing in high school yeah yeah Yeah. so um when i was in eighth grade still i was at sycamore and we had to give like a persuasive speech and my stepmom was like do it on abortion like wouldn't bring over an answer so i did this like black and red really creepy powerpoint on like all the ways abortions fucked up and all this stuff i guarantee yeah. that it was true like it was probably all pulled from like catholic blogs and stuff right and at the end of it this girl was like well my sister had an abortion like what does that mean for her oof and i was like um maybe she like prays really hard like things will get better <laughs> yeah. but, like now you know that I'm older and obviously see abortion as like a much more dynamic issue. Um, yeah. <laughs> cringe thinking about that stuff. Right. No, right. I was in the pro-life club at Ursuline. I mean, that was just like, what you did. <laughs> I didn't go to like the marches, but, but they would also like, we would watch videos and they would show people who had had like seven abortions and like, didn't care. And yeah. obviously that's like a special type of person. person yeah. Does that. But um, I don't know when it changed for me, but like, I just think I, I, once I got to college and whatever, like, I just think like, regardless of like your politics, it's just, and I'm sure you guys agree. Like it is so stupid to make abortion illegal because yeah. all you're going to do is just going to be more hangers of the vagina and unsafe right. abortions. Yeah. And I think it's, I don't think it's anyone else's business. Like I just, I agree. That's right. how I feel about everything now. I'm like, you know what? I personally get an abortion. I don't know. But if like, if you want to, that's none of my business. But also too, the people who are begging you not to get them, it's not like these people are going to give you money to help you raise your baby. Or it's not like these people are the ones out adopting, you know, from the United States. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, so, exactly. Like help the foster care system. Mm-hmm. And, and what about the what about all the people that are already alive and need your help? Like why can't you focus exactly. on that? Yeah. I think the whole like respect for life thing really bothers me because it begins and ends at the fetus. Yeah. I yeah, I agree. I don't know why I wasn't in like the pro life groups or anything. I think it's definitely my parent my parents wouldn't have pushed anything like that but I remember like an essay about this and I had written like I don't know if I would do it mm-hmm. but like I why does it matter <laughs> like, right. 
Right. Yeah. But I, I really think that's because of my parents. Like, like, I don't, maybe I don't want to like be with a woman, but that doesn't mean I'm going to like give a fuck if anyone else is. It's kind of the same like sentiment. The people that are so mad about this, just don't do it. Just don't have one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't have one. Who cares? Yeah, just don't do it. No one's yeah. like, you. you don't know like a person's like health issues, emotional exactly. state, mental state. Like why would, if like someone chooses to get an abortion, like, you know what? Like if they, they know they can't bring a child into a world of love, then like it's no one else's business. And it's honestly, weird. like, I mean, this is controversial, but good for them. Good for them for knowing that and not being a shitty parent. No, right? I agree. I completely agree. You're just, you're, that's not a good life. And like um, you said, like, is are they going to take care? Who's going to take care of the kid when that person right. didn't even want the kid? Yeah. Are um, you going to me every month? Are you going to help with his medical bills? Like what? And yeah, just to get birth is so expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And too, like get like getting pregnant, going through pregnancy is nope. so hard on your brain. It is so hard on your body. There are so many people whose mental health plummets yeah. during pregnancy. Like if that's not something you feel like you're capable of, then then maybe it's for the best. You're saving your life and already existing life, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Honestly. Exactly. I could talk about that stuff all day, but it's so funny. <laughs> There are pictures on Facebook, I'm pretty sure, of me in, like, 2009 holding up, like, honk if you believe in life. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, the pro-life club I joined because, you know, you need clubs on your, like, application for college. And I'm like, oh, yeah, pro-life. And it's, like, it's something that I didn't even think twice about. Like, I just, you know, like, I definitely thought abortion was wrong. And I I don't think that anymore. But, yeah. I think it's kind of sad. Yeah. Like, I think. I think it sucks when you're put in that situation, but like, I don't know. The fact that we were taught to just like demonize it is really concerning. Again, when you're in a religion that's supposed to be based on love. So I want your guys' thoughts and experience on the sex education. And Chrissy, <laughs> if you want to talk about like the public school, like in grade school, if you got sex Ooh, education yeah. Okay, I have a lot here. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I started off obviously at Sycamore, and at Sycamore, we were shown like everything: pictures of STDs, how you got them. We were taught the effectiveness of condoms, the effect, whatever. Um, and the, I would say the only thing we were taught at Sycamore to kind of push us towards abstinence was that abstinence is the only one hundred percent effective way to avoid any of this. Which is, I mean, that's true. Wait, I have a question. Were you taught how how sex happens? How to have sex? Um, I think like I I think it was set because I remember we talked about like how sexual acts could be anything with like hand mouth or genitals to oh hand mouth genitals or butt to hand mouth genitals or butt. See, we would have never been taught that like any kind of like anal or whatever. Yeah, but you were taught that in middle school. Yeah, it was, like, 7th and 8th grade. Good on them. Yeah, and, like, I still remember, for better or for worse, they, like, were really good about the STD thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, they showed us, like, this is what advanced gonorrhea can look like. This is what advanced whatever can look like. Um, and it really, like, I don't want to say, like, it helped because it's not like I'm, like, swimming in STDs. But, like, <laughs> it helps me to, like, understand the science behind it a lot more versus just, like, having a fear-based outlook on it. For sure. So I come from that, right? And then I go to Earthline and 
first of all, every fucking time we talked about sex in any, any way, it was tied back to like, you know, God loving you or like how you should be saving yourself for your future spouse. It's not really about you. It's like more about your future spouse. Like that was kind of the tone. Um, and then every year, I'm, I don't think, I can't remember like what was what year, but um, I believe my freshman year, we had this speaker. The stomach lady who wouldn't show her belly or whatever. Her too, but there was another guy. No crop tops. Freshman year, he told us this story basically about this girl who was just like a huge slut. And one day she like prayed to God to like not be a slut anymore. And then she like every weekend when her friends would drink, she would like write letters to her future husband. And that (gasps) girl was his wife. And like he talks about how he met. I think I know this story too. Sorry. I'm interrupting. Go on. super fucking weird and then at the end of the talk they gave us all abstinence cards to sign and i was a little freak and i signed it and kept it in my wallet (laughs) so when you go from talking about sex in a very black and white this is what can happen kind of way to going into like maybe if you pray hard enough your future husband won't fucking hate you for being a fucking slut (laughs) a different using vibe um and then yeah two years later so I think you were there. I, I literally don't remember what was what year, but there was a priest and a blonde lady that came and the priest like in the middle of his talk just started like two-stepping and we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, was he trying to be relatable? <laughs> and like, I remember like he didn't really get the reaction he was looking for. Cause I think everyone was just kind of like, uh. <laughs> and that was weird. And then this chick, told us like she'd never shown her belly to a man that wasn't her husband. And I remember being like, Oh my God, just last week I was at the pool showing my belly to everybody. I'm a slut. <laughs> like, right. Right. I think, yeah. So I think that's the same woman. So didn't she have like a book? Didn't she like almost die? I think so. I like, it's kind of hard to remember. All so- I I think that's the one who couldn't show her stomach because I remember she was like, you guys really need to check out my book. It's an amazing story. And she was talking about how amazing she was. And I remember we all started laughing and then they were like, what's so funny? But we were all like the whole school was laughing out. She kept calling herself like amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And like it just the whole thing from start to finish was so odd. And then, okay, back to the first story. Sorry, I wish I would have mentioned this, but I forgot. The first guy who came said the statement quote, like every possible medical ailment that would cause you to like need birth control can be fixed like through other medications or like can be fixed without medication or something. Um, And it was really controversial. He basically said there's no medical necessity for being on birth control. Oh my God. And at the time I was like, oh my God, that's so good to know. So (laughs) (laughs) That's how you create teen pregnancy, you dumb fuck. So fast forward to um, like college. I'm, I don't know if you've listened to this on our podcast or not. So I have a brain tumor in my pituitary gland and I basically like found that out because I was having a heavy period and I was losing so much blood. It was like becoming dangerous and I could only stop it through birth control. Like that was like the first step in my treatment. And I kind of think back like you dumb fuck. How dare you pretend mm-hmm. like you know more than any of my doctors, any of, you know, the Ohio State medical team that works with me, fuck you. And fuck you for saying that to teenage girls who are already, like, very impressionable, you know? Yep. yep. 
Yeah, I don't know. Wow. I hate him. <laughs> that is nuts. Like, and he's a man. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, men, misogyny. But, like, seriously, though, like, yeah. you really are an expert on all things women and their body. And, like, why do you, why is your word, like, the ultimate word of how we should live our lives? And, right. and, and when you go through med school and you find documentation to support all of that, you can come back and talk to me. But for now, your whole job is going to high schools and scaring girls into not having sex. So forgive me if I don't want your opinion on my body. Yep. Wow. I know. I remember, like, again, at the time being like, okay. And, like, you look back later and you're like, was that kind of fucked up? Mm -hmm. Right, right. How many girls that are son at that time were on birth control for one reason or another? Who the fuck cares if it was for contraception? But you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people get prescribed it because of, like, heavy periods and stuff. Yeah, I have PCOS, and they gave it to me my junior year of high school. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. But, hey, just so you know, you don't need it. It's not a medical necessity. Right. God. that's When you think about it like that, it goes from, like, less annoying to more just, like, outright damaging. Yeah, I agree. I hope he's doing well. <laughs> I don't. Dude, I think RP was the worst of the worst. I think I had him too. He was I nuts. think he did. He hit up like all of the, the schools. Yeah. And, he and did. Time we liked him. At the, yeah. He did something with like a flower, like rose at M&D. <laughs> and he like plucked off uh, <laughs> petals. And he was like, this is what happens each time you have sex. Like. <laughs> And then you're just left this bare dying flower. Oh my god! How damaging is that? I didn't realize that. Bare dying flower. I I was like, okay. He um, made us write five things we liked about ourselves on a piece of paper, like the five things we liked the most about ourselves. And then he pretended like he was like he came up and ripped them up like the pieces of paper and was like, this is what happens when you have sex. Like, yeah. Things you like about yourself go away. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh my I don't God. know if he kept doing it. Cause I remember it was like, low key really weird. Like he was very aggressive about it. And I he don't was know a piece was, of shit. Yeah. I don't know that it was well received by the teacher. Um, but yeah, it was, I remember being like low key, a little traumatized by it. <laughs> Well, yeah. we, like, loved RP. I mean, like, we thought he was, like, the coolest dude. Yeah, because you're 15 and you don't realize how fucking weird it is. <laughs> Wait, do you still love RP? No, I think oh, everything okay. is so wrong. <laughs> I got nervous. I was like, uh, what podcast no, are we on, Christy? No. <laughs> I'm, like, so, like, anti, like, I, 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 not everything, but I have a lot of issues with how, the Catholics and sex education is handled. Like, dude, it's not handled. It's not given. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, don't you wish you could just like go back and like, like, because I feel like I, I, you know, I've always been outspoken, but I never knew how to like articulate my feelings. And I wish I could go back and like, st- like, say something to these well, people and like argue with them. But I do feel like that wouldn't have been well received at our slide. No, because while they said it was like an open-minded place for like young, well, excuse me, young women to develop confidence, like if you kind of didn't conform to what they said, like they could really kick you out for whatever they wanted. Yeah, I said like on our podcast, I was like, the Ursuline's whole thing is about empowering women, mm-hmm. and yet they're only teaching us chastity and like yeah. how to practice safe sex and empower yourself, and they're leaving us out in the real world with like 
literally our dick in our hands, like yep. leaving. Dude, and then you get to college and you don't know anything, like anything, mm-hmm. anything. And I would venture to say a lot of parents probably didn't have some of the necessary talks they maybe like should have been having. Like, I feel like it was very hush hush. I still think it is very hush hush kind of in the whole Catholic community, but um, even if they would have just presented the facts and been like, Hey, these are the statistics on pregnancies and STDs. And these are the options for birth control. You know, like, I don't know. It could have just made such a difference. I think like Catholic schools, like, you know what? Like I said, like it's, if they, if it's their belief that premarital sex is wrong. Okay, fine. But I yeah. think like a more responsible way to teach that would be like, listen, if you practice premarital sex, just know that that doesn't go along with our teachings. However, as Catholics, we still love you. You make mistakes. Here's how to make sure you do that safely. But like, just know this doesn't align with our values. Yeah. like And take like the, some of the shame away. No, dude, that's not how they roll. They were obsessed with the perfect image. And that was that. Yeah. And so I had texted Christy earlier and I was going to say that I was, because I got highly sexualized. Yeah. Wait, tell her about this. This is weird. Yeah. So when I was in middle school and high school, by parents mostly, I've had hips since I was like 11. Like it's just, that's just what happened. And I remember, I don't even know what happened in middle school. Oh yes. When I was in middle school, I went to like a DC trip and parent and my mom was one of the chaperones and parents were like, Oh, like your daughter's sending naked pictures around. And my mom's texting me like, is this true? And I was like, no, I'm not doing any of this. Like, I think I had just like kissed a boy. Like (laughs) I'm not sending around these naked pictures. And like that followed me into high school, which is so crazy because that just means someone just blatantly made that up. Yeah. And it followed me into high school with, there was a girl who told like my whole freshman class basically that she couldn't be friends with me on Facebook because my pictures were too racy because her parents told her so. But then she like told all these people, you know, so be, I became the talk of the town. When, and like the fact that parents are engaging in that too is no. inappropriate disgust- and disgusting. It's disgusting. And also I was sitting in a ceramics class my sophomore year of high school. I was like fucking 15 years old. And this girl says to me, my mom said you look like a sex kitten. <gasps> Christ. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Did you respond? Like I don't even I don't remember. I just remember that comment. And it's just like that's so gross. I was so sexualized. It was awful. It was so awful. I was like deemed a slut from the beginning. And I, I yeah. It was I, bad. Like I can't even wrap my head around all of that. And also too, kind of like you just said, like even if you were sending naked pictures, even if that was true, the fact that grown fucking adult women were sitting around talking about it is so weird. I Yeah, and I oh, didn't. Yeah. And even if I did, yeah, stop. If I ever have a child, I promise I will not be engaging in their drama. Yeah, it was no. Not- or like talk to her about like being responsible about it. Like, <laughs> right. Or I'm sorry, when you felt the need to tell me that your mom said I look like a sex kitten, was that your dinner conversation the night before with your mom and dad? Like, that's weird. It's like really bizarre to sit at home and thinking about, you know, a 15 year old girl and be like, yeah, she's got a sex kitten look. Fucking predator. Yeah. This is some Epstein shit. I'm like sitting here with my jaw open. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm 
like feel really fortunate. I never experienced anything like that because I literally was so such a weenie at that age that probably would have like killed me. So I'm really proud that you didn't let it get to you, but it really sucks it happened. Yeah. And I, I, I actually, you know what though? I think it did get to me because I did develop a raging eating disorder at the age of 16. I can't say, I can't say that none of that played into it. Right. Well, you probably did when people are openly talking about your body. Yeah. Because it was around 16 when I stopped eating. That's so weird. Yeah. It's just like wild that like, like so many adults are in this like position of power and they think I always growing up, you know, thought adults were like right, even though they would like piss me off. But because they were an adult, you had to listen to them. Like it wasn't such a goody two shoe. And it's like, as an adult now, I'm like, that is so wrong. Like what you say and how you treat people um, can be wrong. And just because you're an adult doesn't mean you're right. Like you can literally give someone an eating disorder with your words. Like you're wrong and you're supposed to be responsible and you're not. Yeah. Agreed. It's insane. And also like, again, you were a child. Where's the like respect for life there? Like I was a child. I don't know. An eating disorder can be life threatening. Where's the respect for that? And I was a pretty good kid. Like I didn't do, I didn't drink until I was like 18. Yeah. I didn't go out. Like (laughs) I didn't do much. You didn't deserve to be like, I don't know, scrutinized like that. Yeah, I didn't do really anything. And when I lost my virginity at like 17 or 18, of course, I bawled my eyes out. Yeah. I, I thought I was sitting. <laughs> yeah, you team. I thought I was going to go to hell. Yeah. I used to think I was going to go to hell because I didn't go to church. I've always hated church. And, you know, I, I don't consider myself a Catholic and I don't go to church and I don't care. But like you said, I still have Catholic guilt about it. Yeah. yeah, because they they get it to you at such a young age that like how could you not? Mhm. I uh so like when we started this podcast, like I've had so many people reach out about how like they were also told that like their families were going to go to hell or like this and that, like during church and stuff, like which it's is just so crazy cuz like who who has the authority to say that? Like mm-hmm. who, wh- who why do you wake up in the morning and think like Yep, I get to tell people who's going to hell tonight. Yeah. And it's these men in charge, <laughs> these freaking white adults, men. They think they're almighty authority. And I'm like, who like crowned you like a, that you have the best morals and whatever? They crown mm-hmm. themselves. That's all they need. Mm-hmm. I just, yep. I don't know. It's such a head scratch because like, at every turn, it's contradicting itself. You know what I mean? Like what they stand for versus what they say versus what they do versus how they act. Tell me more about what was chastity class like at MND or did you even have chastity class or sex education? Yeah, we had, we had, I think we had RP. Mm-hmm. The same dude. Oh yeah. Sorry. You said that. I think I'm like 90% sure it was the same guy. Cause I think they had like a, whatever, like a team that went to all the Catholic schools. Uh, it was very much like be a virgin. If you're not a virgin, you're going to hell. Your husband's not going to value you. I don't you know. RP didn't start as a virgin. He became ref- a reformed yes. second virgin, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also did sign the abstinence pledge. I did. Aww. 
Samantha, we're we're so pure. Yeah. Um, no, but I remember like sitting there because I and I was like, oh my god, like is it bad that I've done this, this, and this, and like am I going to hell? And just it was not good. And I don't think they ever once taught us anything about actual sex or how to protect ourselves from STDs or pregnancy. They were just like, if you have sex, you're the devil, and these are all the STDs. I think Have fun. they really like hit home that you would be unlovable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unlovable was definitely a big and thing. And that your emotional connection wouldn't be as strong. <gasps> which is so wild. Yeah. Which that I'm also amazing. like, okay, if that's the case, then sign me up. So I have no emotional <laughs> connection to anyone. Thank you. I also think they really tried to like Harper on the fact that women, when they have sex, get more emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I went through a cu- like a couple of years thinking that, and then I was like, "Is something wrong with me?" Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they like kind. Okay, do you remember? Tell me if either of you remember this. RP used to say that women were targets or treasures. Yes. And men were predators or protectors. Yes. And you had to be a treasure for a man to want you, which essentially meant you had to be a virgin. Um, but they they really like preyed on those gender stereotypes and kind of made it so that it was like a man will choose you and the man will have the say in the relationship kind of mm-hmm. like that's fucked. It actually is very much goes with rape culture. Yeah. So <laughs> like that the I remember like being taught that men are just more horny and they don't get attached and they're after one thing. And it's not their fault. So you can't show your shoulders. Exactly. I feel like that was really like brought into her head, which is like, it's just fucking rape culture. One of my cousins went to a Catholic school in Indiana for grades or for high school. And they told her that if she wore red, when she went on dates, it would make men think of sex and it wasn't pure. Oh my God. <laughs> so now we're like, you know, colors. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that goes back to the internalized misogyny. But it's the same people who are like, Jesus loved everybody. But, but clearly he doesn't. And we don't love the whores. And no, I think Jesus probably did. I think it's the fucked up people taking, you know, everything yeah. out of context since then that that kind of have messed it up. But I don't know. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's a mess. It's a hot mess. I will not be returning to the Catholic faith anytime soon. If I could officially denounce it, I would. I'm confirmed in the Catholic Church, but I would love to get rid of that. (laughs) Is that a thing? Can you do that? I don't know. I feel like I Googled it once. I officially last year, so in the military, I have my dog tags. So, like, not to be morbid, but if I were to blow up, they would, like, have that dog tag to, like, identify my remains. And I changed my religion on my dog tags last year. So that was kind of, like, a big thing for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Also, I'm so dumb. I did not know that that was the reason of dog tags. Yeah. I, mean, I had no idea either. That's like, I mean, they're kind of cool to have, but it has your name, social, and blood type. So, like, you, I guess in a perfect world, you'd wear them around your neck. I literally never have mine when I fly, which I should. But if they find your body, they can be like, oh, she needs like type A or, oh, this is like who this is. But yeah. That is so cool. Okay. I'm like, not to like totally change this up top topic but side convo i'm so confused about how the military works are you a journalist but you also fly planes (laughs) (laughs) yes okay that is so badass 
So, okay. Chrissy's a pilot. <laughs> no. Okay. So I'm not a pilot. I don't actually fly planes. I just fly in them a lot because I'm a photographer. So a lot of people think I'm a pilot because they don't know what the Air Force is. No, I, I cannot fly a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of confusing. I enlisted as a military photographer. Now I'm a public affairs officer, which means people have to salute me. And I kind of became my, like, I jumped from being, you know, a junior enlisted to like my own boss, which is kind of cool. Um, and to make it even further confusing, not only do I work in public affairs, I now also work in military finance. So do a little bit of everything, but yeah, it's confusing. So you're not in combat. Um, I can deploy, but I have not deployed yet. Oh, interesting. So I'm kind of lucky in my position. I actually can't deploy until I'm a captain. Um, just because public affairs is something that can get messed up pretty easily. Mm Mm-hmm. And they don't want, like, someone who's only been in the military for a year or two, like, saying something dumb to the news, basically. Um, so I probably won't deploy for a little bit. But I did, like, I deployed to the Capitol for um, when everything hit the fan at the coup or whatever. Jesus. Um, yeah, and I've gone places. Like, I was at the food bank, so I was supposed to be at the prisons. I did a lot with COVID relief, but I haven't, like, done, like, an official apply- deployment yet. That's nuts. That's very cool. <laughs> the capital is wild. We'll have to talk about that sometime. It was crazy. Yeah, I that I'm sure that was nuts. <laughs> but yeah, I don't fly planes, and it's okay that you didn't know that because Samantha didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> and one of her best friends. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. She only asked about it, and she was like, "Yeah, well, she flies in planes." <laughs> I don't know. It looks sometimes like you're flying the plane, but then like also, how would you be taking the picture? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. It's my dad's like dream for me to be a pilot, and I don't think it's ever gonna happen. So I'm trying to break that news to him, but you know, military family problems. <laughs> it's fine. Let's get back to Catholic problems. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, go ahead. So I know we've like talked about internalized misogyny like in regards to other people like it definitely made me more judgy towards other people how do you guys feel like it made you feel about yourself that's a good question that I've literally never thought about I feel like it like wrecked my self-esteem in a lot of ways too yeah Um, I feel like growing up and I don't think this is just like Catholicism but I feel like everything I was told was wrong is because like it wasn't ladylike or like a man wouldn't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely mm-hmm. agree. But I also feel like it gave me sort of a complex because like a lot of their teachings are like impossible to actually do all of them, you know? Like mm-hmm. you would pretty much never leave your house and like pray all the time to be a good Catholic. And I feel like it gave me a complex of like like I now feel the need to be perfect in everything I do because I knew I would like never be perfect in my religion. It's really weird. I don't know if that's relatable or not. No, I mean, I I mean, I think that also played into, like, I also feel like I have to be perfect all the time and, like, that pressure and, like, you know, I'd get yeah. upset if I wasn't praying enough or, like, going to church or yeah. whatever. Definitely. Like, an just another added pressure that a young child doesn't need. No, and that can cause, like, so many mental illnesses later in life. No wonder I'm fucking anxious, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of Catholic guilt then transforms into anxiety. Oh, yeah. Or or other things. But yeah, but that would be a big one I would think of. 
it's fucked. And we paid money for that. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's just like so much to unpack with Catholicism and how messed up it is. And like, like I said, like I respect religion, but I don't respect people who like judge others and are mean to others. So like I was having a hard time my sophomore year of college. So I went to Dayton. So it was a Catholic school. Oh, I loved Dayton. I loved it so much. I would say like, I didn't really, I don't even think I was friends with like a lot of like Catholics. Um, It was a pretty uh, sort of diverse, not super diverse, but um, in terms of like branches of Christianity. But my dad was like, you need to go to Bible study and like meet some well-rounded so I'm like okay like I'll give it a shot so I start going to this bible study and they're like very Christian they're not Catholic like which is fine but they were like um I don't know what the correct terminology is I don't want to say like radical but basically um they were so incredibly judgmental they would talk about how everyone like partying like in the student neighborhood was so like sinful and wrong and then this one girl was upset about her sister and how she wasn't going to church that much. And she like, doesn't want her sister to go to hell. And then this other girl was like, what about babies? Like they don't, if they die before they get baptized, like, don't they just go to hell then because they aren't baptized? And I'm like, what? Like, is that something you want your name on? You feel good about that? Like, damn. Right. Like sitting around and they were like, not everyone like some of the people were nice but there were some people who were just very like judging I'm like who gave you the right to like judge all these people who are maybe drinking underage but you're sitting here shitting on their lives like do something else with your life I'd rather hang out with a girl that drinks every single night and is a total mess and just parties all the time than someone who's gonna sit around and judge people right she's probably a lot nicer (laughs) yeah a lot more fun I hated it every time I went it was like you know like we would like like listen to like readings of the Bible and like we'd watch like speakers. But for the most part, it was a lot of like judgment and I hated it. Like we watched this one video of this guy who like had to stop watching. He was like a pastor and he stopped watching sports because it affected his religion. He was like, I shouldn't be getting that invested and like putting my energy there. And I'm like, well, if you enjoy it, like why deny yourself that? Be Like I don't understand. Like God gave us, you know, if you believe in God, I believe in something, but Theoretically, God gave us this beautiful life filled with lots of worldly pleasures that you can enjoy and love and explore. Like, how is denying yourself of that going to make you closer to him if theoretically he created this all? Yeah, exactly. I, don't know. I just, I don't see where the logic begins and ends with some of these people. Mm-mm. No. But it's one of those things, like, I think our generation and particularly the generation beneath us was taught to critically think. I think our parents were taught to just follow. Mm-hmm. so they're not going to sit here and question their beliefs they're just going to be they're just going to do it which is insane what an asinine way to live yeah i agree i've never thought about it that way but you're so right they just follow yeah i mean think about it even like like most of our parents got decent jobs and bought a house and got married and had kids because that's what they thought they were supposed to do yeah so few of them love what they do or you know pursued a passion or whatever and it's cool when you see someone who did but a lot of them are just cookie cutter. Our generation is not like that. No. And that's why they say, you know, millennials are killing the housing market. Millennials aren't having kids, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, because we're finally, for the first time in our lives, able to critically think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like, why Why do we have to follow, like, this mold 
and you have one life to live. Like it shouldn't be so stressful. And like that is something else. Like just, it's just like a high school thing. Like I feel like there's so much pressure in school and I'm like, for what? Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like it was just a constant environment of stress and you throw in religion, you know, you have to be the perfect Catholic. Like, why are we living in this world of stress? Like, you know, God put us on this earth with all this beautiful stuff to enjoy and you're just stressing us out all the time. Right. And like, I don't know, Jesus explicitly says he wants us to be happy and at peace. Yet, again, we're part of a religion that's so addicted to suffering, it's really bizarre. Yeah. Actually, interestingly enough, so I think the Catholic guilt, like, I think I'm finally starting to deprogram it, but it hit really, really hard for a while. And I looked into the term addicted to suffering. You guys should look into it. It's really interesting. But it basically talks about how, like, if your whole life has been kind of like that, that's your norm. So like you're always looking for something wrong and like you're always basically like searching for the next conflict or like stressor because that's like your normal. And I feel like Catholicism really played into that for me. Oh, wow. I've never thought of that. Yeah, I'll like send you both an article I found that was super interesting. But it basically talks about how you have to like reprogram your brain to like find peace as your normal. And like um, it's like a learning curve because when you're so used to like basically being told what a piece of shit you are all the time. Yeah, like that becomes your baseline. That is so you are dropping so much knowledge on me today <laughs> in so many terms. You guys have so many like um what's the word? Like hot keywords, you know? Buzzwords, baby. Buzzwords, yeah. <laughs> hot keywords. I don't know what I'm saying. But <laughs> hot keywords. <laughs> hot keywords. Addicted to suffering. I've never heard that term. It's really interesting. Like it, the more you look into it, the more it'll make sense. I don't know if I exactly did it justice. No, that made so much sense. It, it's kind of eye-opening because, like, I don't know. Once you realize you do it, like, you have the power to kind of rewire your thought process. Why isn't it okay to just be at peace with yourself? Like, why isn't that what we strive for? Yeah. Why was I pulling all-nighters in high school? Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so I talked to a guy yesterday. I'm going to have him on. I'm going to like post my episode with him. Like I did this with him and he went to Moeller. And well, first of all, they didn't even have like really chastity talks. And then now I have completely lost my train of thought. (laughs) What are we talking about? I had something. Oh, they had like no stress at their school. Like Moeller was like, it was hard if you wanted it to be hard. But then, like, you could also, like, he had time for, like, extracurriculars and sports. Whereas, like, at Ursuline, like, yes, you did extracurriculars and you were involved. But it was just so much stress and exhausting. And you never had time for anything. But, you know, I feel like, too, MND was pretty, like, fine. But you know what's crazy about that? We all ended up at the same colleges. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. And I were roommates at the same college. And we went to schools that were, like, kind of stereotyped to be very different academically that Muller guy I'm sure went to a totally fine college like it's not like Ursline girls were going to all Ivy Leagues and that's why you know our stress levels were so high like it makes no sense no it doesn't I so I'm 26 right I graduated from Ursline seven years ago eight eight years ago and I still have stress dreams that I'll be at Ursline and be enrolled in a class that I didn't know I was enrolled in and fail and then (laughs) take away my college diploma and like all of this stuff oh my gosh why is that so deeply ingrained in me yeah ew (laughs) (laughs) literally ew i know i have them about i have stress dreams a lot but i just i've always found that one interesting because when i'm like 
very, very currently stressed at work, like in the current day, um, I'll go back and have that dream again. And I wake up like sweating. Wow. Yeah. That maybe I'm like fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just like, it shouldn't like high school should not have been that stressful. Like there was no point. It doesn't no. matter. But we prided ourselves on it. Like, mm-hmm. It was cool to be stressed out. It was cool to be the busiest girl. It was cool to have a book schedule. It was cool to like, Again, be pulling all nighters at 15, 16, 17. Oh, years yeah. Old. People, I'd be like, oh, I got five hours of sleep last night. And this bitch would be like, I only got three. Okay. Yeah. It's not a competition. And you know what? Most of us went to state schools. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not like that bitch probably ended up at Harvard, you know? She went to Dayton with me. <laughs> oh, there you go. I don't know. It's like so funny when you have some distance from it. Mm hmm. But in the moment, it feels like the most serious thing in the entire world. It really does. I wasted so much, like, stress and anxiety or, like, gave myself so much over it. Oh, yeah. Dude, I want those years of my life back. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I probably am going to, like, die, like, five years earlier or something. Mm -hmm. First line stress. I don't even think Ohio State stressed me out that much. No. No, I wasn't stressed hardly. I was mostly stressed because of, like, my extracurriculars in college i didn't give yeah. a fuck about school i was like burnt out oh yeah how could you not be mm-hmm. okay one more thing you can like cut this out if you want but i think if you're an adult and you still struggle with like feeling kind of an overwhelming sense of guilt it might be worth looking into if it is from your religion and like through therapy you can like super deprogram that we talk about that stuff a lot on our podcast but your mental health like can easily be affected by these things and it just takes like a lot of self-awareness and a lot of work, but you can definitely get past it. Yes. That is so, I just never had like thought about how religion would affect your mental health. Like obviously like being told that my family is going to hell because my parents are divorced. Like like, it would have a lasting effect on mental health and also just like judgments yeah that's great definitely because it's your formative years you know you're you're impressionable you're like you know a teenager so it for sure does but it's something like I don't think I realized and obviously with my step parent my situation was a little extreme but like Mm -hmm. it was something I didn't realize until I was like actively in therapy that was like really affecting me wow if you feel that way you're not alone thank you yeah thank you that was like I learned so much (laughs) No, it was great. And don't forget, you know, check out our podcast. Skeletons yes, in Skeletons in the Closet. Skeletons in the Closet.